What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I wanna welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is gonna be no different. Stick around and we're gonna get started right now. Well, I'd like to welcome you all back for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr. And y'all, I know I open up every show by saying that I'm super excited. (laughs) It's because one, it's true. And every now and then I get a chance to talk to people who take me all the way back. Um, I am old. I'm 56 (laughs) years old. And so I got a lot of relationships, right? I got a lot of people that I've worked with and built with. And this brother is no different. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the story behind his brand. He is a father. He's a husband. He's a pastor. He's a podcaster. He's an author. Uh, He's recently written a book that's going to be dropping soon, dealing with church hurt. And I know in this community, particularly, we have all gone through that one way, shape, form, or another. And uh, one of the things I love about this brother is that he is not going to bring feeling more than he's going to bring fact. He is astute in terms of how he thinks. And that's something I respect highly. He's always been that way. I've known him for almost 30 years. And he's always been that way. And highly intelligent, articulate. And he's going to tell you the real deal based on facts. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my friend, Jerome Gay Jr. to the building. What's up, man? How you feeling, brother? Man, I feel fantastic, man. Thank you just for this. Thank you for this opportunity to, to join you. Uh, I, I appreciate you. The years and decades, decades of friendship, decades of wisdom. Uh, love you and your family, man. So again, thank you for this opportunity. I'm glad to be here. I love it. Jerome, let's get right into it, man. When we talk on this particular episode um, or this podcast, one of the things that we're really interested in is helping people understand the story behind their brand. A lot of people don't understand that when they see successful brands, whether that is a personal brand, a business brand, a church brand, if you will, they don't understand that there is a story that comes behind that um, that often is a part of that fabric of the success that we see on the outside. So take us back just a little bit, if you can, uh, back to when you was growing up in D.C. trying to figure it out and uh, and and you and I met once you got to college and and uh, God had called you to do some amazing things and you didn't know how to figure it out and and that's kind of where we picked up. But since then you you've been able to to get married to a lovely woman. I remember when y'all were dating. I remember when you were courting. I remember the proposal and it's been more than twenty years, man. Y'all are killing the game and I just absolutely love it. Beautiful children, beautiful congregation. Can you talk to us a little bit about where that? Uh, started and and more importantly, Jerome, bring us up to how has your past informed your today? No, thank you, man. So it's a it's a lyric um, I like to quote by Andy Minio, and he says, "They see you on the mountain, but they don't see you on the climb." And so, like oftentimes, people people like the peak, but they don't know the story for you to get to that peak. And uh, my story, uh, again, you mentioned D.C. I'm from southeast Washington, D.C. And uh, I took a long walk with my dad down Benham Road uh, to the subway. Uh, and it was there that he had confessed to me about his drug addiction. Um, his, his drug addiction had led to us being evicted, us hopping from house to house, 
We had moved to Kansas because he was in the military, had to move back to D.C., and I really wrestled with my identity. I wrestled with my confidence. I was on this search for significance as a result of that. And so I hopped from toxic relationship to toxic relationship because toxicity and dysfunction had become the norm. That's what happens when you have certain people in your life out of place and you're trying to find these things. And so uh, when, by the time we got to, you know, I met you and Jay Cameron and Kenny and Greg and these men at the time, I had never heard of small groups in the church. I had never seen men confessing real-life struggles. People always talked about the testimony. People never talked about the transition. And so you guys were talking about current struggles, and it was in that time frame I began to share about my dad because I had kept that to myself, and getting that trauma out and saying, like, no, we're still in this. He's still wrestling with this. We're in this. We're not... We're tired of coming and saying that we feel blessed and highly favored when we don't because we're not sure what it's what's like, it's going to be like when we got home. And so wrestling with that and you guys really pouring into me and talking to me about identity and what it means to be a man of God, uh, that, that let me know that I can change the trajectory that my family was on because mo- a lot of the men in my family had addiction and it destroyed their families. And I did not want that to be my testimony. And so fast forward now, man, you know, I'm at St. Augustine's College, HBCU. You know, I started campus ministry, proposed to my uh, my then-girlfriend, fiancé, my senior year. I joined a ministry. That ministry ends up splitting um, because the lead guy left his wife for one of the members. I'm 28. Now, at this point, and I'm trying to pastor people through a church split, and at 28, I'm also uh, a new dad. And so I'm a new dad, for the most part, still new in my marriage, now trying to pastor people in my late 20s. And I did that for about four years, and I just realized, man, I need some help, (laughs) as you say. And I pursued uh, pursued a church plan network, met with uh, one of my spiritual fathers, Dr. Eric Mason, he mentored me, discipled me, rebuked me, helped me grow as well, and so planted the church at the age of 30, uh, 32, a vision church with 12 years old. And, um, yeah, man, from there, had the opportunity to write my first book called Renewal, uh, my second book, The Whitewashing of Christianity. My third book just came out, Talking to Your Children About Race, and now this upcoming book called uh, Church Hurt, Holding the Church Accountable and Helping Hurt People heal. And so that's a snapshot of the climb. And so people may think the books and the church is the mountain, uh, but everyone has a story. And so uh, before you get to the Amoni, there's a test. <laughs> and we, we like the Amoni, but there's a test that precedes it. And so we you, you got to have a test to get the Amoni. And so my test was that stuff with my dad and church hurt and people leaving and all those things that go into the story, man. And so that's kind of a snapshot of my story, man. Yeah, no, I love it, Jerome. For those of you guys that are just tuning in and maybe you are jumping in a car or you're in a gym and you're overhearing, you know how people do. They ain't got the headsets on and all the stuff and you hearing all the things and you're like, who is that guy? His name's Jerome Gay. He is my friend. And uh, I've watched this cat grow uh, from an immature brother who was seeking and trying to figure it out to now a mature man and a leader of leaders. 
And uh, Jerome, one of the things that I want to kind of drill down on, when I saw the post about this forthcoming book, Church Hurt, I had to text you right away and say, bruh, I don't know where you are in terms of the evolution of the book. And I already know, obviously, being an author, what that whole promotional run could look like. But I got to talk about this information. Um, set it up a little bit for us, Jerome, because here um, on, on Real Lessons in Business and Life, we are running into this regularly. Like people are trying to build businesses, marriages, ministries, and they've been hurt by what they perceive as church. And a lot of times it comes from so many different places. It just meets you at the church. And so therefore, like you said, when you are finding yourself in a situation, where you're having to navigate really toxic stuff. Oftentimes what we'll do is we'll just bounce. We'll just roll out because ain't nobody doing all of that. So talk to us a little bit about the premise of the book, why you wrote it, and I know it's not out quite yet, but where we can find you so when it does come out, uh, we can uh, we can really lean into it, bro. Yeah, so uh, in Job, Job chapter 16, verse 1, I think it's a poignant verse because Job's friends, and I'm putting that in quotes, uh, are supposed to be helping him deal with the trauma of losing his entire family and all of his possessions. But rather than helping him, they... Uh, essentially say there's some secret sin or something in your life, that's the root of this trauma. And Job says something very important in our Bibles. He says, I have heard these things before. You all are miserable comforters. And he's talking to people of faith. And my premise is the church, if we're honest, we've been miserable comforters when it comes to people dealing with trauma. And it's right there. We don't know how to help people deal with trauma. We try to spiritualize their trauma. Rather than uh, acknowledging it, we quickly go to say, my church ain't like that, as opposed to actually dealing with the situation, the real-life person in front of us. And so that's why the, the subtitle, the first part, is holding the church accountable, that, we, that we, we're quick to try to dismiss the church hurt, when there is legitimate church hurt. And so I break it up. There's two types. There's personal church hurt where there's just, it's, it's Christian to Christian. Someone doesn't speak. Someone judges you. Someone makes an assumption about you. But then there's structural church hurt. And we find this in the book of Ezekiel uh, where, where, where there's an entire system that covers up sexual scandals where a pastor can cheat on his wife but still preach that next Sunday as if nothing happened. And so you have all these things going on that, that mocks God, and this is one of the reasons why people want to give up on the church. But we can't because it's the bride of Christ, and Jesus didn't give up on her. But we have to learn how to deal with these real issues. And so I wanted to go right at how we've been miserable comforters. But then there's also another aspect that often goes unnoticed. My second chapter is pastor hurt. Because sometimes people forget that pastors are members of the church, too. And so we have to deal with things with our children asking, how come this couple isn't there anymore? So people, I, I give people under the hood, like, we, we need to deal with the church, but also understand there's a reason why 70% of pastors are in depression and don't feel like they can do anything else. There's a reason why 50% of them leave the ministry. Uh, that, that there are things going on, and so how can we get to this point to where we can all heal as opposed to transferring the trauma from one church to the next 
and you find yourself still dealing with the same thing because you have not addressed the person in the mirror. You have not learned how to healthily process your pain. And so until we do that, we'll continue this cycle of destruction, and the church hurt continues. Yo, let me say this, man. After this interview, we are in a live audience situation, and I know there are a ton of people who are listening to you that have got questions. Um, they want to pose it. Um, they want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, and we're going to give them an opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Before we let you get out of here, man, you said something in the beginning where in the beginning of the ministry that you now lead, um, the, the journey to that, the, the, the climb, if you will, as you say, uh, was something that was navigating through some toxic territory, Jack. Jerome, can you talk a little bit about how did you personally or some, some tenants, some things that, and, and obviously, you know, God played a big part of that in terms of leading, but from a practical standpoint, some things that you just did, embraced, and helped navigate. Because here's the thing that I've learned as a, as a leader. Oftentimes, leaders are leading while bleeding. Right. And, the, right. and the truth of the matter is, is that many of us are experiencing the pain from that bleeding without being able to see the bleeding. And it affects us in ways that we're not even sure that are even a, a, a apparent or in the room. Can you talk to us a little bit about some practical ways that you personally navigated through that so that you could become whole and healthy to be able to lead leaders from a place of not leading while bleeding, but leading while being he while, while healing, if you, if you will. Yeah, awesome, man. I, I would say first is uh, processing your pain, but and that's step two. I just wanted to bring that up because most of us go there, but part one is the first step is acknowledging it. Um, all, or one, one of the greatest lies, it's a two-word lie, that almost everyone says in church, out of church, whether you're a believer or non-believer, and that two-word lie is, I'm all right. We, we, we often say we're all right to cope with trauma, but it doesn't actually address it. No, you're not all right. I, it's not all right that my dad did what he did and we got evicted. No, that's not all right. It's, it's not all right that you were touched and your family covered it up. It's not all right. You're not always the strong this, insert strong black woman, insert strong black man, insert. You're not always those things. None of us are omni-gifted. None of us are omni-powerful. So the first step is to acknowledge I'm a human. And as a human, things have been said. Yeah, if we don't acknowledge that hurt, then it's going to be hard for us to actually move forward. Step two is to process that pain. And so uh, I'm real big. I know you can't see it. I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says Christ and Counseling. We're real big at my church on people getting help, getting counseling, getting the things they need, not being ashamed of that, not being ashamed to acknowledge that. And so you got to go back and process some things. The, the, the reason you're such a perfectionist is because someone, someone that you held at high regard, possibly even a parent, called you stupid. And so you internalize that, that you have to kill it every single time and you don't and if you don't kill it you feel like a failure and that's also turned into you never celebrating anything you're you're an extremely transactional person you're a next net you never stop why so you got to answer that why thirdly realize that if service is beneath you leadership is beyond you we're here i see my life as a life of service 
And, and we tell our people that if service is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. You are a servant leader. So after I've acknowledged it, I process. Now I can serve people, not as a perfect person, but a person in process who acknowledges pain, but realize that I can give purpose to my pain by processing it and now investing in the lives of others. And, and then thirdly, pass, I mean, fourthly, pass that on. We call it discipleship in the church. You might call it mentorship in the business world. And so you have to go through those steps. But if you don't acknowledge that pain, all you're going to do is try to mask it with achievement, mask it with relationships, and then eventually you'll try to mask it with something destructive. Acknowledge it. We all have pain. And how we process that determines how effective we are in the relationships in our lives. And so either we can, we, we, we can let that trauma, it doesn't have to be a defining moment. It can be a refining moment. But that depends on how you process. Yo, for those of you guys who are tuned in right now, I just want to say thank you for pulling up. I'm grateful uh, for my friend Jerome who has come through and said, hey, we're going to talk about this. And uh, Jerome, can you do me a huge favor, man? Let everybody know where they can reach out to you when the book does hit, when it drops. Uh, what's the projected date if you have one? Where can they find it? How can they follow you? You've got a podcast that's doing some amazing things, reaching the community. You're doing some amazing work in the Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina area. Uh, how can people catch up with you, bro? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram uh, at Jerome Gay, Instagram and Twitter at Jerome Gay, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y. My website has all of uh, my content, JeromeGayJr.com, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y-J-R.com. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Jerome Gay Jr. Uh, and then uh, my uh, podcast on YouTube is uh, The Urban Perspective. So YouTube.com slash The Urban Perspective. You can also re, uh, look up The Urban Perspective on Apple Podcasts. And so those are some of the ways you, you can get in touch. But everything, all my books, all that is on the uh, the website. The Church Hurt book will, will drop uh, February, February 15th of 2023. It'll go on pre-order towards the end of next month. The Kindle version uh, will go on pre-order. Well, bro, let me say this. Um, I'm awfully honored that you agreed to pull up. I want to be a part of the process of getting that work to the marketplace, man. I want you to leverage me and all my relationships and resources because that is a problem. That And you and I know my history as well yeah. as yours. We've all had to navigate through that. And, and you know what, Jerome? Some of us didn't make it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Yeah, that, that's, and, that's and, one and of the I, things I talk yeah, about. Yeah, some, some people have deconstructed from the faith as a result of the, the church hurt, the spiritual abuse, and the trauma that they have experienced. And um, I address that in the book on uh, constructive deconstruction versus destructive deconstruction. And so that's a big word going around. I wanted to go right at it that church hurt contributes can contribute to people deconstructing when we just don't know how to help hurting people. And uh, we, again, we, 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 we don't, we got to get better at learning how to deal with people in crisis. And they're not in crisis because they don't have enough faith. They're not in crisis because they need to speak something into existence. They're in crisis because they've been, they've been victimized. They're a victim. And we need to acknowledge that they're a victim and we just need to be there and be silent. And they don't need cliches. That's, that's why Job said what he said. I've heard this all before. They don't need a cliche. They don't need a cliche right now. They need somebody to walk with them through their pain. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my guy, Jerome Gay Jr., get his book when it comes out and drops in February. He's got several books that he's written that will help you along your journey, particularly as a believer. Um, he speaks to the unbeliever in ways that not most people can. Um, this is a guy that you can trust. He's my guy. And, uh, man, thank you so much for pulling up today. Hang around for a minute, and uh, we're yeah, going to get some Q&A going on. Y'all be yeah, good. Yeah, let's do it. For those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, I just want to say thank you for joining us this week. Uh, tune in next week for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Why? Because you already know what time it is. You can't get to any place of significance by yourself, y'all. It's because we all need some help. Y'all have a great day, and I'll see you next week. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.